It had an effect on every moment of the Apostle Paul's life. If we could somehow bring him to this assembly tonight, one of the things that would be so obvious about Paul is that he never got over what Jesus Christ had done for him. It made a big difference in his life. It transformed him. And the way that he thought, the way that he spoke, the way that he acted, Jesus and his gospel should do the same for us. Paul would say, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. He would go on to say, But God forbid I should glory except in the cross of Christ, by whom I am crucified to the world, and the world is crucified to me. If you would please, briefly, let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. A few weeks back, I said we would go through this particular chapter. Having overviewed it, we're looking at it now in a verse-by-verse, paragraph-by-paragraph fashion. And what 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 12 are about is the marvelous treasure we have even though we're nothing but jars of clay. The marvelous treasure within even though outwardly we are nothing but jars of clay. If you were to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in some ways I guess it could be discouraging. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 verses 1 through 6 and what Paul is writing about in that section is this. A lot of people have their minds and hearts blinded to the truth of the gospel. That's just the truth. It didn't get Paul down, it didn't keep him down when it did discourage him. But look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 and go with me to the end of the chapter, verse 18. Not only do we live in a world where many people's hearts and minds have been blinded to the truth, we live in a world full of suffering and decay. We live in a world full of suffering and decay. And that's what 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through the end of the chapter really are about. The fact that we will suffer as the people of God and we, like everyone else, will be subject to physical and perhaps mental decay. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You'd think it'd get better. But Paul starts talking about death and dying. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 through 9. He is dealing with the cold, hard realities of life. Not everyone will believe the gospel. We'll have to deal with suffering and with decay. We'll have to deal with the matter of death, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 9. And we'll all have to deal with the fact of the judgment. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 to the end of the chapter. These are cold, hard facts. 
thankfully, Paul doesn't choose to dwell on those. Nor will I. If you look back at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, here is Paul's ministerial outlook. Here's his idea of serving God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, he says, We have a glorious ministry by the mercy of God. Maybe it's true not everyone will believe the gospel, but we have a glorious ministry by the mercy of God. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1. What was true of him is in a very legitimate sense true of you and me as well. We have a glorious ministry because of the mercy that's been extended to us through Christ. Secondly, Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. We have priceless treasure in jars of clay. The text does not particularly state, specifically say, what the treasure is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. I guess we can look to verse 4 and look at verse 6 too, and we get a pretty good handle on things, a pretty good grasp of things. I believe that what Paul is talking about is Jesus and his gospel. We have this treasure of Jesus and His gospel, His powerful message of salvation, though we are but jars of clay. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. We have a confident faith. I believe, he writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, Therefore I have spoken. So should we. Because of the nature of serving our Lord and Savior. Now look, if you will, at verses 16 to the end of the chapter. We have the inward man being renewed constantly. What a great thing to focus on. He could focus on the fact that, yes, decay is happening and we suffer. We go through difficulties in life. He prefers to emphasize that though the outward man decays, the inward man is being renewed Perpetually, constantly in Jesus. I think that behooves us. It makes sense for us to stress the same thing. Now really focus with me, if you will, on 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. We've already had several great lessons tonight, the pew packers. Uh, What Terry had to say concerning the Lord's Supper. The songs that we have been singing have all been sermons in themselves. But briefly, I want you to focus on verses 7 through 12 with me. Jesus and His gospel make us humble. Did you hear what Britt read in verse 7? Jesus and His gospel should make us humble. We have this treasure in jars of clay that the surpassing power may be of God and not of us. 
Jesus and his gospel make us humble. Jars of clay, earthen vessels. When the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in about 1947, 1948, they were found in jars of clay when a Bedouin boy threw a rock into a cave looking for a sheep that had gone astray and he heard the sound of breaking pottery. When you think about jars of clay, the idea here is this. It was the lowliest type of kitchenware. It was the lowliest type of kitchenware. So much so it would be disposable when it got cracked and chipped and broken. They just threw it away. Jars of clay were the type of jars in which you might put your rubbish, your trash. Or just day-to-day things. But they were fragile and seemed so inconsequential. Lowly. And notice the second word that I'd like to focus on from this passage. Weak. Paul is referring to his personal weakness, his bodily weakness, and yet to the surpassing power of God that dwelled within him because of Jesus and his gospel. I don't see how he could have put it any plainer. In a world that emphasizes the cult of personality, what Paul says, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover because the finest Christians will simply be jars of clay. But within those jars is the precious, saving gospel of Jesus. Jesus and his gospel reside within. Another term is expendable. I'll move quickly after this point, but I wanted you to see this. Those jars were expendable. Nobody had a job piecing together broken jars of clay. Nobody had a job at that particular time. It's not like it's a Ming Dynasty vase or a Grecian urn that's priceless. What Paul is simply saying is over time, our bodies are just jars of clay. And they will be nicked. And they will become broken. And they will become shattered. But within Jesus and his gospel, that's what really counts. It's what still counts. Verses 8 and 9, Jesus and his gospel won't just make us humble. Jesus and his gospel will make us vulnerable. You know, think of the opposite of this. Because a lot of people who are Christians can really, we can be full of ourselves. Pride. A lot of people that are Christians can act as if they're invincible. They're impervious to injury. 
Paul writes that he's vulnerable and he uses four ing statements in the original language. Being, being, look at verses 8 and 9. Being afflicted, we're not crushed. Being perplexed, we are not driven to despair. Being persecuted, we are not forsaken. Being struck down, we're not destroyed. That's the idea. This is one of several passages where Paul just makes a passing reference to some of the things that he went through that could cause the jar of clay to get nicked and cracked and tattered. But he rejoices. He rejoices that he could be vulnerable so that people would realize that the power was not personal. It wasn't about him. It was about Jesus and the gospel. Third, look if you will at verses 11 and 12. Jesus and his gospel make us humble. Jesus and his gospel make us vulnerable. People that aren't willing to be vulnerable are going to have a hard time being faithful to Jesus. Jesus and his gospel make us sacrificial. Verses 10 and 11 each mention the word always in most translations. Always bearing in my body the death of Christ. You see, Paul can't get over what Jesus has done for him. He can't get over the cross. And what he wants is that through his life, the cross of Christ comes through. Through his willing sacrifice and death to himself, the life of Jesus is seen. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Galatians 2 verse 20. Notice verse 12. Jesus and his gospel make us humble. Jesus and his gospel should make us vulnerable because the outward container is not nearly as important as the treasure inside. Jesus and his gospel finally make us fruitful, fruitful, Verse 12, what Paul says is that death works in us as God's servants, but life works in you. And really what Paul is saying is that through the things that I go through as an apostle and servant of God if it will cause people to be more faithful to the Lord and hold on to Him, the treasure in a jar of clay has achieved its purpose. Now stop for a second and think about how 
Paul always kept the idea of what Jesus did for him at the forefront of his thoughts and words and actions. There will never be a more humble person than the Son of God. I am meek and lowly in heart. I'm humble hearted, he said, Matthew eleven twenty eight and following. There will never be anybody that was willing to be as vulnerable as Jesus. He came from glory to earth and steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Luke 9, 51. He knew what awaited him. And then you think about it. There had never been anyone who's ever lived more sacrificial than Jesus. Greater love hath no man than this. That he laid down his life for his friends. John 15. But God commends his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8 and 9. And think about how Jesus was fruitful. How we are the first fruits. How we are as Christians first fruits of salvation chosen people special I think all of us would be a lot more blessed if we focused on the great gift that has been given us in Christ and that it motivate every word and every thought and every action of every day from each of us as jars of clay. Aren't we blessed to have Jesus and His gospel within? I don't want to let a day slip by when I don't see and speak and think more the way Jesus wants me to. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. It may be as you look at your life, you're fruitless and you've just been full of, full of yourself. And you look at this outlook of Paul and what it does is it helps us redirect ourselves and our lives back to the centrality of the cross. For those that are not Christians, respond to the saving grace and mercy and love of God through Jesus and His cross, through faith, repentance, and baptism. If you haven't done this, there's no better time to respond than right now. And for us as Christians, I want to have a fruitful life for my Lord, even though I am nothing but a jar of clay. Let us stand and sing.